and you're listening to A Daily Dose of Hope, healthy stuff so you can keep on trucking with Hope Savara and Chrome and Steel Radio. Welcome back to A Daily Dose of Hope with Hope Savara on Chrome and Steel Radio. I have a great show for you today, and I have a very special guest, a local business owner in my area, Wendy. Her and her husband own an adorable gift shop called Faith and Giggles, but we're not here to talk about Faith and Giggles today. Uh, we are here to talk about <laughs> a really important topic in the trucking community, but really this is a global issue. Um, this could be something in your backyard that you don't even know anything about. So we're here to bring you guys some self-awareness because this is important to your health. This is important to your community's health and well-being. And so I'm excited to have Wendy here. Wendy is a part of Washington County Anti-Trafficking Advocates. And she's here to talk us to, to us today about some pretty important stuff. So Wendy, um, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe what you do and, and what you're involved in. Sure, thanks for having me, first of all. I appreciate that. Uh, always love to have the opportunity to talk, and I, we talk a lot about this topic across the counter. I mean, we're there as a gift shop, but we do a lot of conversation about this human trafficking issue, and most of it because people ask. They're becoming more educated and they're asking more questions, so that's fantastic. Um, we got started through this with this whole cause because we met, um, we met a man who has an organization in Milwaukee called the Franciscan Peacemakers, and they have a street outreach. So they're working in Milwaukee on the streets where there's a lot of prostitution, and they reach out, letting them know that they are valued and they have worth, and letting them know of their services that are available, which for them, they have street outreach, which they offer like lunches and things like that, very, very, very basic needs. But they also have a, a long-term residency program, and they also have this social met. Uh, enterprise. So one of the things with victims or survivors of a, of a trafficking or a sexual exploitation is to, um, for moving on for their healing, is having a purposeful work, you know, job. So they offer that. They make these lotion, beautiful lotion soaps and bath bombs and products, and that's what we sell in our store. However, so my point is, is that this was one organization that came in, Deacon Steve, and he was introducing us about his product um, and about the cause, and we really knew nothing about human trafficking. I mean, I thought like everyone else that was happening in another country with those people somewhere it's oblivious. else. You're like, oh, it's not, it's not right in front of me. So you think that it doesn't exist. And for those of you that don't know, um, so I'm based in Wisconsin. Wendy is based in Wisconsin. We're just a little bit north of Milwaukee. So she's talking about the Franciscan peacemakers that are actually located in Milwaukee, which is about two hours north of Chicago. And um, so you met, you met, what was the deacon's name? Deacon Steve Shedpelski yep, okay. with the Franciscan Peacemaker. So that so that was the start. He's they've been doing this for about 23 years. So they came, he came in. We we started, long story short, carrying his his products or the products that these women um, who have made the choice to leave the streets of prostitution or um, addictions and and try to move on to a healthier life and have engaged in this program that he offers. And so we learned about that and, and, and we learned about the cause and we learned about the fact that this is happening in Milwaukee. And at, and at the same point, we got to know one of our customers whose daughter was uh, gonna run across Wisconsin to raise awareness about sex trafficking of minors and raising funds for another organization in Milwaukee called Exploit No More. So they're trying to um, build a home for youth victims of sex trafficking. 
anyway, so through the, all of this networking within our store is how we learned that this is happening. This is happening in our town. This is happening in our state. And this is happening across the country. And in fact, in every county in Wisconsin, there have been documented cases of sex trafficking. And there's so been it is some a in our county, hasn't there? There has been. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a year ago, there was a trafficker arrested right here, um, literally uh, down the block from our police chief. So it's something that's happening right here in our community. After that trafficker was arrested and his face was plastered all over the news, I had people coming into the store going, I just played pool with that guy down the block. And I see that guy at Subway all the time. And, and the victim who has become a friend of mine through our group, the Anti-Trafficking Advocates, um, she lives right in this neighborhood too in our, in our community. So that's really the main thing that we're trying to break that stigma that these people are someplace else, that these traffickers have big horns on their heads and we're going to see them right away. You know, our, our main um, um, job is to educate the community or our purpose for our organization is to educate the community about the fact that they're living here within our community. And, and they look like the rest of us. The and they're not just low and, you know, and, and I don't mean this to sound, but there's not like they're homeless. It's not like they're all, you know, living under a bridge. These are people right. that could have gone to a great school. They come from a great family. You know, yeah. they, they, they have all the amenities that they need and they're still a part of this. They still get in this circle. And yeah. this is an un unacceptable. This should not be happening in a first world country like this. This just should not exactly. be you know, and it all comes down to greed. It's all about money. It's all about the, first of all, um, there are men who want to purchase human beings for sex. So that is the demand. That's what's pushing the demand. It's the demand for men. Um, and I say men because it's pretty much- Predominantly men. Yeah, it's the, who are the buyers. And that's where the demand comes from. So the demand for pornography, the demand for um, purchasing human beings for sex, that is getting, that is huge. It's exploding because of the internet. And it's also the demand is getting younger. And that supply is that demand is getting supplied because of the internet, social media. And I do a lot of presentations on the dangers of social media, like not trying to, because I love, as we are using social media for great things, I use it too. And I love it. And I tell parents all the time, I am not saying bad kids are using social media. I'm saying good kids are using it and they're being victimized by bad people. And so we need to, just like you would educate somebody to drive a car, you would, they would have to go through lessons and training. I tell parents, you, you, before they have technology in their hands, they need to go through some training. There's a website that I recommend. It's called youcantgroomme.org. And that is a website that is created by a survivor of sex trafficking who is groomed online. And she identifies the best way of any website I've seen, how to identify the grooming process online, because it's very tricky. It looks like, just like your other conversations with people, it starts out with a conversation. And that's how these guys room and they, they find a vulnerability in a, in a person, whether it's a young person or an older person, it doesn't matter. There's victims on the streets of Milwaukee right now that are over 40. I mean, it happens that everyone has, has vulnerabilities and the traffickers are very smart and very manipulative and they find a way to tap into that vulnerability. It's just that social media makes it very easy because kids put all the personal information out there online, but it can happen at malls and it can happen anywhere else at truck stops at anywhere. And so it, it's, it's just, it's, it's all about the victimization of, of these predators and finding these victims and, and, and exploiting them. And it starts out, you know, possibly the, a person being vulnerable and, and getting themselves kind of into a situation that they regret being in. But the problem is once they get in too far, it's very hard to get out because these 
predators use violence to keep them in. And that was the case here in Hartford as it's, it's still an open case. So there's not a lot I can even discuss about it, but what, that what we do know is um, there was a lot of violence involved with the victims that um, trafficker is in jail right now and he's facing a lot of years um but it, there was a lot of violence involved and there and that's typical i mean there's threats if you don't do this and even when the girl wants to get out which is what was the case in this case she wanted to get out and he threatened and he threatened and finally she she did get out and this and, and has identified him and so that's why this case has broke and open and that's why it's happened because of her bravery so um, it's happening. People ask me, why don't I hear these stories? And I say, well, are you talking about it? Are you educated about it? Because I can tell you, people don't come into Faith and Giggles and tell us their stories about being exploited because we have friendly faces. They're doing it because we, they know we're educated about it. Nobody's going to tell somebody their deepest personal embarrassments and traumas unless they understand that that person understands the topic. So I say, if you start talking about it, you get educated and you start talking about what you know, you're going to be surprised at the stories you hear in your own community. And I think that's so important for people to remember and think about, because when we think about health, a lot of times we're thinking about weight loss, we're thinking about, you know, oh, I need more sleep, or oh, I need to eat healthy. And even when we think about mental health, we're thinking about disorders a lot of times. But this yeah. is a mental, physical, emotional, psychological health issue then for these victims. Even yes, if they get is. out, there's such a recovery process that they have to go through afterwards. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's not like they have cancer written across their forehead when they walk out and run public. You know, there's so many other things they have to do to take care of themselves. So how can we prevent this from happening in the future? Right. And so I'm just thinking about all our truckers listening out there. What could truck drivers do? Because I know a lot of truck drivers and they're some of the nicest, best people that I know. What can they be yeah. doing? What can they look for? Um, what are some signs? Who should they be calling? Like, what can they do when they're out and they're parked or they're on the road? What can they do to help? So we love our truck driver partners, because, too, because um, they have just a unique opportunity to make a huge difference in this whole fight, in this whole cause. Um, I just have to just give a shout out to one of our local truck drivers, um, Carolyn Lawfer of Lawfer Trucking. So she's not a driver, but her and her husband own Lawfer Trucking. And she's been engaged in our meetings and our education. And she has um, about, two, I think it was the beginning of January, her and her husband were on a trip cross country. And she started reporting. So she would stop at truck stops along the way. And she would ask, you know, are you guys educated about um, sex trafficking, or human trafficking? And what do you guys know about it? And do you know who to call? And um, does your staff know about it? And have you ever had any issues? And she even saw some things that were, uh, unusual and reported it. There was a couple girls in the parking lot and she talked to the owner or to the staff at that truck stop and they said it happened to be the owner's daughters. They were just, they were fine. It was all fine, but she checked, she asked instead of saying nothing, you know, um, and that's the biggest thing is, and, and so my point is all the way home from wherever she was cross country, they reported on Facebook, right? She would say, I stopped at this truck. I saw they her were, a couple times. You can see her, her post. And so, you know, amazing because she's got a whole another audience on her Facebook page so people were asking her questions oh what are you doing who, who wh why do you know about this and she's like gave a shout out to our group it's all about that networking and and, and educating people and more people wanted to know like what is Carolyn Laffer doing why does she want to know about this topic we were so excited about that in fact she received the puzzle piece of the month award from our group and, and engaging the transportation piece of the puzzle because it's so important 
So what can truckers do? There's an organization called Traffic, uh, Truckers Against Trafficking. Uh, truckers Against Trafficking is an amazing organization. It's a website you can go to. You can, you, can, you can get a plethora of information about the topic, first of all, to get educated. Second of all, it's got lists of things to look for, ways to identify things, um, who to call when you identify them. It's got training, seminars, training. Um, here's one of their CDs that you can, you can download or purchase. I'm not quite sure if you have to purchase or if it's free. They've got all sorts of resources. Um, they've got things that, uh, training videos and, and certificates that you can get certified. I just saw that there's a number, I'm looking here, 700,000, over 700,000 truckers are TAT tra uh, certified. So wow. Over 700,000 TAT trained truckers are out there right now. And we're so excited about that. There have been over 2,000 calls to the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So the National Human Trafficking Hotline is a hotline, it's a national hotline, it's not a government agency, it's a national organization. And they've partnered with um, truckers against trafficking. So the resources from Polaris, Polaris is, is the organization the National Human Trafficking Hotline was created by Polaris. So they collect statistics, they educate TAT, TAT educates truckers. It's just a fabulous partnership that they have there. I mean, if I, I say this to anybody who is anywhere near the trucking in industry, at least go to that website and check it out. It's um, truckersagainsttrafficking.org. Awesome. And, and I also want to know for the truckers listening, if you are certified in that, drop it in the comment section. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, let us know. If you have, if you have done that and what your experience is and what you've gained from it. And if you haven't, you know, drop it in the comment section. Are you someone that is interested in learning more about that? Because this is a conversation that's going to start with you guys while you're at the truck stop. This is going to start yes. with you guys and gals while you're supporting your fellow drivers. When you see something out there that doesn't look right, I would rather be wrong than yeah. never say anything. Absolutely. There have been over a thousand victims identified because of truckers making the call. Educated truckers, yeah, who have been like, something doesn't look right. You guys know, you women know, we know. Um, we don't give honor to our gut nearly enough. I believe every, and that's everybody, not just truckers. Like, you see something out on the road that doesn't look right. You see a young girl with an older guy. That's not right. You say, oh, you know, maybe, maybe it's fine. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to call attention to it. I could be wrong. You know what, so what? You call the National Human Trafficking Hotline, it's just another person on the other line. You give them the information. I've done it myself for situations that I found were, were not right. Um, it's 1-888-3737-888. Uh, I have it in my phone. I always encourage people, put it in your phone now. Just do it. That way, if you, if you see something, you got it on hand. And you just make that call and you talk to another person. You can be anonymous. You can identify yourself. And they're just going to kind of walk you through it. It's a person like you and I who are talking to you and they're happy you're calling, you know, so it's some people are kind of afraid to call like they're going to start something that they don't know if they can finish. Just call it. It's nobody on the other line that's going to be scary or anything like that. They're not going to hook you into anything and commit you into anything. But but there could be other calls about this particular license plate number. There could be calls and it's a whole networking connecting the dots. They've got a case number. Now, if somebody else calls down the road, they can connect it with that one and eventually they can create some sort of. Um, if, there, if, if there's a missing kid, because a lot of times these uh, runaways, people like to mark, you know, mark them up to, hey, when they get hungry, they'll go home. Well, guess what? Not if somebody else supplies some sort of need for them. If somebody else is feeding them and talking them up and telling them how beautiful they are, you know what? 
they're going to go with them. It's not that hard. These traffickers know that. And a lot of times they end up taking these girls to truck stops or places like that, or they, they're moving them from city to city, county to county. So they're on the highways and they're moving on the highways a lot. Sometimes two, three girls in a car. Um, one of the girls, one of the survivor women that I know personally from Hartford area, um, went to Hartford High School and she said she was on the road a lot. They took her from one state to the next and, and that's how they kept moving because then it makes it easier. You don't, if, if people get suspicious in one area and they keep moving you and that way it's hard to get caught. Um, she's told me different ways, you know, people could have um, identified her. You know, she was in a car with three other girls. She was a heroin addict. Um, she's like, if you would have looked at the car and seen how we all looked and how misplaced we were together, you know, you would have, you would have maybe made that call if somebody was educated. Um, you see a girl walking around in a truck stop, knocking on doors. I mean, come on, that's pretty easy. And that is what happens. And people have talked, there are outreaches in truck stops. There are organizations that will just literally sit there and watch for these types of girls. And there's not too much you can do, but you can offer help. You can't, you don't want to ever want intervene necessarily like hey get in my car I'm going to take you to safety that is not something you want to do if there's a trafficker involved with many which many times there is that can be very dangerous for them because like I said violence is part of their game and there's beat downs to happen if they don't come back with the right amount of money if they get in a car or talk to somebody too long that doesn't look like it's for business there were there will be in consequences and the consequences will be usually a good beat down or or the beat down of somebody they care about so it's it's a very violent Thing and we don't see that, you know, we don't see that part of it. Can you tell us a little bit about um, our local organization, Washington County Anti-Trafficking Advocates? What are some of the things that our organization is doing to be able to help get this under control and help bring these girls out of this ring? So one of the things I want to just mention, Hope, when you said about the prevention part, like that's the, that's the word we want to focus on. That's the word we focus on is the prevention element. Because we know, like the like Deacon Steve that I talked about in the beginning, he's on the other end of it. He's on the he's on the end where they're in that life now or they're coming out of it. And that is a very difficult thing to deal with. That healing process, it doesn't stop. It goes but on. from cancer. This is like yeah, this is exactly. like ten times, even sometimes more. Exactly. Multi-layered. Um, the women in this organization, I'm on the board of it, so I, I, I know these women and I have become friends with some of these survivors and everyone is different. Every story is different, but their healing process is so painful to watch and they go in and out of different levels of healing. But so, so one of the things we do is educate the community and just keep talking like we're doing right now, you know, having these conversations. We depend on people like you, awesome people who are allowing us a platform to keep spreading the word. I go into um, churches a lot and talk wherever I'm invited. I mean, I've been at hospitals, I've been at schools, I've been at um, wherever, wherever people ask me to come and talk about it. And if people understand that it's happening and they start, they, and they're able to um, identify predators tech techniques and they can maybe prevent somebody from being coerced or manipulated into this life, that is, that is everything. That's the focus. I mean, that is everything. People don't understand. I will tell you that every survivor that I have ever had a conversation with will tell you that they, while they were being trafficked, they never said, oh, I'm being trafficked. I'm in danger. They didn't realize that's what was being done. They were in love 
typically with the person who vowed to take care of them. They were tricked in the beginning. Because they were lacking that in their life. They were looking for that possibly. Sure. And that person and just wanted to say, yeah, this is just what to say. And they came in and this could be, you know, the way I look at this is this could be my daughter one day, or this could be my best friend's daughter or someone at school. Like I, this is kind of my, I, I need to do this as a community member. If I want my community to stay safe, I mm -hmm. need to take a role in it. And if I don't want to take a role in it, I have to assume that there's a, there's a, there's a gap, there's a hole for something to come in. Cause I'm not doing my part. If you want to be a part of a community, you have to be active in the community. It doesn't mean that you have to dedicate your whole life to it, but put the 1-800 number in your phone. Yeah. Go to the website and watch one of the webinars. Talk to Wendy. Ask questions. So many people just turn their backs and go, never will happen to me. Never yeah. will happen in my community. And it's not true. It's happening. It is. It is happening. And, and one of the things in working with the victim end of it, end of it um, well, so for, so, the, so for us, the purpose is the community awareness and the education. Um, we offer then at our meetings, because we have these monthly meetings, and we offer, we always have guest speakers typically and talk, talking about their experiences that, you know, of the many layers, because there's so many layers involved in this whole um, issue. We just had a survivor speaker at the last meeting. Our next meeting actually is another survivor speaker um, that's local. What the last one was from uh, Chicago originally, and then Milwaukee, and, and and so she's been out of the life for over 15 years. But this one that's at this next meeting uh, in March, she's went to Hartford High School. She's going to be, and she's now started her nonprofit. But my point is, um, the networking opportunities that happen at these meetings is awesome because it connects advocates, it connects those who are already doing something and can offer help to victims. It it, it connects survivors with and survivor families with organizations that can help them move forward and and that can that can involve legal aspects um all the different things i have a friend right now a survivor friend who it's been about a year and a half that she's been out of the life almost two years and she's really still in that in a fragile mode but 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 doing so much better and she wants to talk she wants to t present at meetings well, you don't just throw a survivor into a meeting and start talking about their story. It just offers all sorts of opportunities for re-traumatization. So um, I've connected her with another survivor who does training for um, these women in kind of creating boundaries and how to tell their story in a way that isn't going to be re-traumatizing. So um, we always say, you know, and this comes from Deacon Steve, if you're going to get involved, it's best to stay in your piece of the puzzle, you know, stay in your lane, like anything, you're gonna do your best where you are. If you start jumping and seeing what it, like if I'm jumping into your lane, Hope, and I'm gonna try and do these blogs and stuff, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hash it up. I mean, it's gonna be bad because I'm not as tech savvy as you. Um, you have a different clientele and a different audience than I have. So you're not gonna try and jump into mine, I'm not gonna try and jump into yours because you're gonna do great in yours and you are. And the same with truckers, you know, they don't need, need to start an organization they've got this huge platform of people they can truckers have an enormous amount of opportunities to make a difference like you and said you before talk, talking, you guys talking. are talking you're yeah. on zello you're on cb you're on facebook you yeah. are talking keep talking yeah. don't say something say something like this yeah. um, I'm, so i'm curious for those of you that are in the southeastern wisconsin area when is the washington county's next um anti-trafficking meeting and where so is our next, it's um, they're all the meetings are always at the Jack Russell Memorial Library here in Hartford. They're at 6:30 p.m. till 8 p.m. And the next one is on March 26th. 
So, and that, that speaker is going to be uh, Emmy with Lacey's Hope Project, Emmy Myers. So she is a recovering heroin addict and survivor of sex trafficking. She grew up here in Hartford, happy family, went to school. She was involved in sports. She was involved in track. She was involved in FFA and all the fun stuff. She was played music, you know, musical instruments. She, she was just your kid that everybody liked. She had lots of friends. Um, she met a guy and it things turned and it, and it was for her it's a process it didn't happen overnight it never does it never happens overnight i know people like to think their kids are immune because they have certain family values they have certain um they're watching them they're at home they're being supervised but i will tell you that um I've, i will just say there's a statistic i use in my social media presentations 70 percent of trafficking happens online or started out online um, of that, 42% of victims of online sex trafficking, all right, so 42% of victims of online sex trafficking never even met their trafficker, because you can be trafficked through your images as well. So they, it's called, you know, uh, sextortion. You're convinced through a friendship with your boyfriend or whatever um, to send a couple pics, and then eventually those pictures become the property that they're gonna to use to exploit, like, exploit you. If you don't send me more, I'm gonna send these out to all your friends. And so the victim has a lot of shame. They send a few more thinking it's gonna go away. And that eventually that, those images can be sold and are sold online. And it always it all goes back to the greed. It's a million, billion dollar business. Um, so the, the point being that just because you think your kids are safe because you have a happy family and you're supervising the things the thing is these guys are are tricky and they're not always men they're the groomers many times are women and in fact one of my survivor friends it wasn't a couple of them actually it was women who groomed them to begin with so th there's so many elements that you cannot believe you have to learn about it and when you learn about it you're going to understand like how somebody does not wake up one day and just become uh, so go, what, is, what is yeah what is the website again you were talking about the the trucker anti-traffic what was that again so it's truckers against trafficking okay and trucker is so the website is truckersagainsttrafficking.org okay i want you guys to go to that that's your challenge today when you're on your break when you're parked for the night go to that website check it out read information on there get educated get educated so that you can educate other truckers you can share that knowledge when you're sitting and eating when you're in line getting your bottle of water not your soda uh, and and you're doing that because that's what's going to stop this that's what's going to make this difference if you're in my local area definitely hit me up let me know and you know i can definitely put you in touch with wendy as well if you're looking for more information but you got to start talking about this. Don't make this a taboo topic. Don't make this an uncomfortable topic. It's only as uncomfortable as you don't talk about it. So bring it up in conversations, educate people, and we can start making a change in this so that your child, your niece, your nephew, your granddaughter, your neighbor's friend does not get caught up in this. This is unacceptable. This has to stop. Wendy, thank you so much for being on today. Any last words for the listeners? Um, how can they how can they reach out again to the Washington County anti-trafficking um, advocates? How can they get them? How can they work with them? So we have a, um, we have a Facebook page and that's where we do most. So Washington, Washington County anti-trafficking advocates, go to the Facebook page, like it, follow us. We post all of our meetings. We post other information, you know, really important articles that are happening, other tips for keeping your kids safe. Um, lots of information there. We love getting people on our email list. It's F Frank. F and Frank, G is in George, dot, the number four, life, 
at yahoo.com. So it's fg.forlife at yahoo.com. Get on our email list because then we can keep you really updated on all of the things going on in our initiatives. We've got all sorts of other initiatives right now. We're focusing on the educators piece of the puzzle, trying to get educators educated so that they can get that curriculum into our school system so that we can prevent um, any more victims from happening by educating the kids about what to look for for online grooming and all of that. So we're kind of tackling one piece of the puzzle at a time. We appreciate you helping us with the transportation. Really appreciate that. So um, I just hope everybody really takes this seriously and understands that we don't have to fear it. We just have to get educated and understand it. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. For listeners out there, don't forget, share this video, like this video, love this video, because more people that hear about this, the more people that we can inspire to make this change as well. All right. That's what we have for you for the Daily Dose of Hope today. Make sure you tune into Chrome and Steel. And you've been listening to A Daily Dose of Hope with Hope Savara. Thanks for tuning in.